everyone, and welcome to episode six of The Lion Theory. It is Luke Brabot on the air with you, joined once again by Stu Adams. Stu, how are you going? Good, Luke. How you been? Good, mate. Very, very excited for today's episode, and we have an old friend of ours joining yeah, us today. Before we get there, you're enjoying the uh, lead host role at the moment. Oh, look, I just do as I'm told, mate. So <laughs> if anyone else wants to put their hand up, we're willing to take auditions. Otherwise, it's going to be me for now. Mate, I'll, I'll start talking like to do cheeks a bit mumbly. So let's get our new host on or guest on today. Who is it? So this week we have an old friend of ours and current head coach of BeFit Alexandria, Scotty Kennedy. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Mate, it's, it's, we've, been, we've been really excited to get you on for the last couple of weeks. Um, we basically... Really want to go through um, everything that it's you know taken for you to get to where you are today, um, stemming you know initially as a, a rugby player and involved pretty heavily in in the athlete side of things, and then uh, transitioning into bodybuilding of all things, and now in your head coach uh, and co-owner role at BeFit Alexandria, which is a focus on more functional style of fitness. Uh, important to note as well, we do have another guest who is actually going to be roaming the room for the duration of the podcast. We have Cable. Wow. Young Cable the Welcome. Stuffy. Welcome. Welcome, Cable. Hello, Wolf, Cable. Wolf. I'm surprised you came on, Scotty. We gave you a bit of a serving a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I heard about that. Uh, well, actually, I listened to that and uh, was... Uh it was uh, quite uh, interesting, but uh, look, I am happy to be here today. Uh, it has been a, uh, a pleasure listening to you guys in the last five episodes. Uh, quite a laugh, uh, but also on a serious note. So I'm uh, happy to join in on the fun. Awesome. Beautiful, Scotty. So, Scott, I guess the, the first question we want to kind of delve into with our audience is we really want to know how you got to where you are today. Um, I'll get you to start where, where your initial sort of passion for fitness and, and strength started. And then the kind of hurdles you had to overcome and, and kind of little forks in the road that you hit and eventually leading to you yeah. where you are today. So, Scott, mate, please cool. tell us what you're all about. So, um, I was always a uh, rugby through and through kid. So, I played rugby from the age of four. Uh, my dad was uh, uh, heavily involved with Randwick. He uh, en- ended up coaching uh, Australian under 21s for a few years, won a few World Cups. Uh, then also went on to uh, coach the Waratahs. So uh, rugby was uh, in my blood. So uh, from a young toddler, I was playing rugby. Um, during that point when I was playing rugby, I was quite overweight as a, uh, a, a primary school kid and in on to the high school stages as well. And um, throughout, say, I would say year 11 and 12, I uh, copped a, you know, a fair abuse of uh, bullying as you do as a kid um, and decided something, things need to change and uh, went and joined the gym down at Coogee, um, what was known as, uh, is known as Titans now, it is, was Beach Fitness owned by uh, Paul and Carol Graham. So I played football with their son um, and uh, got friendly with them and then joined the gym and started to uh, really pursue. And so Paul Graham, obviously an absolute giant in in the world of Australian bodybuilding and, and he was really the main reason that bodybuilding did so well in the 70s and 80s. I can imagine he put a hell of a work ethic into into you and and the other people training at yeah, that gym. Yeah, definitely right. Yeah, we certainly uh, really pushed uh, the limits with some of the training, um, even at when I was, say, that 16, 17-year-old age. Uh, yeah, really instilled some uh, good training habits. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. And a little fun fact, Paul Graham was actually uh, – for his wedding, Arnold Schwarzenegger was his best man. He was indeed. Wow, well, really? So a bit of trivia if no you guys way. are at the local pub during the week and someone asks, <laughs> uh, yeah, has Arnold Schwarzenegger ever been a best man to anyone at a wedding? <laughs> There's your answer, Paul Graham. He'd be very intimidating, wouldn't he? 
Yeah. Well, he, I actually met him a couple of weeks ago, and he's got the uh, he's got the the retired bodybuilder look, which is that that's almost like a Toblerone style chest where you can you can pick it. Um, but still, obviously, trained Chill still in jawline. Good, yeah, he's still got some ooh. pipes on him as he's well. He's got some absolute pythons. Yeah, oh, mate. Sorry to interrupt, no, Scott. So right. as as we go on, yeah. uh, we move towards the end of your schooling, and then yep. your rugby continues. Yep. So uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do outside of school. Uh, oh, after school, I just wanted to play rugby. Yeah. So I play was well, as I said, rugby through and through. Uh, I had a couple of injuries during uh, my year twelve season, um, which kind of halted me back a little bit. But uh, in that kind of interim time, I was well into my fitness, and I thought, what better way to uh, kick off um, after school than going straight into um, my fitness and um, personal training degrees at uh, TAFE. So did that. Uh, during that period, I suffered my first knee reconstruction and um, went on to do another three um, or two knee reconstructions. And uh, how, how, over how many years was all this? Uh, so my first knee reconstruction when I was 17, I had another one when I was 18. So my first game back, uh, it snapped again. And then I played another uh, nine games of the season after before my other knee went. And was that retirement? After no, that? that wasn't actually retirement, funny enough, stupidly enough, I should say. Uh, I went on to play another three, four years. And then I had a uh, groin reconstruction. Um, after that, which uh, kind of would I would say retired me. Um, during that period, was still heavily into my my fitness once again. So found ways of still uh, continuing to train, uh, coaching through those stages. Um, I ran my own business from um, a couple of gyms outside in Sydney and uh, the eastern suburbs. And uh, yeah, and since then I've been a PT for fourteen years. Man, I just like to get into your psyche and on recovery from all those injuries. Like, how did that affect you mentally? Um, oh, look, at, when you do your first knee at say sixteen, you kind of still think you're in. You think, okay, one knee, okay, done. I'll be back on the football field in nine months. I'll be good to go. Uh, second one, same deal. Kind of just thought, oh, I'll just get it fixed again. Uh, I had pretty uh, good um, support network from my parents. They were happy to kind of just, you know, yep, get the surgery done, look after me, get back on the football field. Um, when it started to get a little bit kind of into my third knee reconstruction and then a couple, you know, smaller arthroscopes after that, things started to get a bit like, okay, what's going on? Why is this happening? Um, started to get me down a little bit, but uh, I was just, I stayed positive. I, my life was, was rugby and, mm. and fitness, and I just didn't know any other way uh, around that. I think that you see it with a lot of athletes and that, that do get injured quite often. They do have a different mindset, and when they you know, have to switch a passion across, they can actually apply the principle of, well, you know, six months ago, I literally couldn't you know, move my leg and then they get and they find something, their niche that they can actually pursue around that injury. A lot of those athletes actually do very, very well. There's a different mindset. I've, I've been listening to Joe Rogan with Matt Fraser. Oh, yeah, really? And, and Matt Fraser uh, broke his back in a pre-competition. He's had a few a, serious injuries, Matt Fraser. But yeah. he, and he's still top of the line. And, and you look at the way that Matt Fraser trains, is it's very um, insulated and it's very driven mentally. So I think, you know, the reason, one of the reasons that I can see Scott's passion is still there in his own training is because he knows what it's like to be in the low 
And then now that he's out of that low, he's just got that extra motivation to really enjoy doing what he does. You kind of see like he's always in a pretty positive attitude. So he's obviously gone through a hell of a lot with those injuries and can maintain that energy, which is awesome. So credit to yourself, man. Thank you. Even like on top of that, so a positive that I saw out of my first knee reconstruction was um, I hit the gym really, really hard and I put on about 15, 20 kilos um, of mostly I would say mostly muscle, uh, a little bit of beef on top of that as well. But that was my positive that came out of that, that I actually developed a quite a, uh, at the time, a, a good frame on me. Um, yeah, so I was, I was always positive that there was always things to look at. Uh, if, I couldn't, if I couldn't train my legs as much, I'd work on my upper body, uh, vice versa. And so when you eventually hung up the boots on a more serious level, um, I know you ventured into bodybuilding, yeah. which – you know, it is, I guess, a completely different style of training these days to, to more athletic training yep. or functional training. What was the reasons behind that? Um, I was always a competitive person. So I found that if I couldn't play football, if I couldn't compete, uh, I'd have to find other ways to compete and or other ways to compete against myself or against others. And um, that was just the mindset that I kind of had at the time. And I thought, what better way to, say, still do that and still have my passion for fitness than... Um, at the time, what I thought was um, every every coach's kind of prerequisite to step onto stage or to do some sort of body um, transformation of some sort, uh, I know differently now. But at that time, I was like, that's what I wanted to do. And so I pursued that. So I went straight after my groin reconstruction, um, six weeks after that, or say almost the eight to 12-week mark, um, I was uh, straight into my bodybuilding prep. And so you you performed on stage and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, What's so that like? In, yeah, oh, it's uh, it was really cool. Um, I did a twelve month prep, and um, you know, full credit to my coach that had a time. It was uh, the most disciplined I've ever had of of anything. Um, the most selfish I would say I was in my life. Um, but it's a selfish sport, and if you want to succeed in that sport, you have to be. Yeah, it's, it's number one. Like your fake tanning and everything before yeah, a competition yeah, like that. What's you know, that like? I was as known it? to have a couple of fake tans before that, so it was, <laughs> I was kind of used to that. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, uh, some of the Gold, Gold Coast adventures, oh. uh, a bit of fake tan. Um, but no, no, it was. It was, uh, it was an enjoyable experience. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about um, also training and fitness and nutrition uh, from the coach that I had. Uh, shout out to uh, Rawdon, if you're listening. Um, Rawdon Dubai coaches a lot of um, uh, top-level IFBB athletes now. Cool. And uh, yeah, so I was just, um, I was excited. I, I had no other way of um, thinking that I'm going to make it on stage. Uh, I'm going to do my best I can. Ultimately, in the end, I um, I didn't I didn't uh, place, but um, I still thought that I uh, trained harder than anyone else on stage. So that was my credit that I took away from that. And so the night before, you were you sipping back the vodkas and the red wines in the sauna? Is that what they do? Or? Oh, well, the night before, um, you have your last kind of fake tan um, done, and then you're carb loading up up until probably um, lunchtime or so, and just having, say, capfuls of water. Yeah, uh, would be the end bit. Um, and yeah, just at that stage, I kind of, um, I looked at going got tough, but I thought, you know, tomorrow is going to be peak day. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, just didn't really think of anything else. And then your journey continues from such a, you know, it is a selfish sport in bodybuilding into, um, you know, opening up Beef at Alexandria where it's uh, the complete opposite. It's, yeah. it's the complete community-based fitness model yeah. where, 
it's all about uh, positivity and, and just being comfortable in your own skin and, and doing just simply the best you can. Yeah, exactly right. And I think um, why I, how I kind of ended up going into BeFit was I had been uh, owning my own coaching business for 10 years prior um, and just decided that, you know, what way can I uh, reach people on a higher level than just doing my one-on-ones, almost small group fitness? And I thought I really need to – I want to impact people in, in a positive way and to the masses. And I used to live in Belvey Hill at the time, and I'd drive down New South Ed Road every morning on the way to work, and I'd see that Beefit Double Bay was just absolutely chock-a-block at 5 a.m. And I kept on driving by every day, and I said, I want that. I want um, to impact these people uh, on a mass. Were you were you part of the CrossFit community at the time as well? Was that why um, you wanted to do something? And obviously, CrossFit has extreme movements, which I, I don't agree with. I preferred the model yeah. of Beefy. Is that where you saw no, the community? No, I, I had done CrossFit before that as well. Uh, and I think myself, I was used to that. You know, I, I've done a, a lot of lecturing and, and that kind of stuff overseas uh, in regards to Olympic lifting and, and that kind of stuff. And I think it just was just from a standpoint of that that was where I wanted to go. Um, I didn't have that kind of um, those facilities uh, where I was coaching and I thought uh, I need to to step into this and and yeah step outside my comfort zone and really really push for it and that's when um, it just it was quickly like that that I went in um, discovered that I said oh, I wanted to um, own a franchise or to some degree how can I be a part of this they um, had a meeting with another guy who uh, was looking for a partner so it worked out that I was looking for a partner he was looking for a partner and we met the week later and then put down a deposit for um, Alexandra wow, after that a, that's a within such a quick yeah. time yeah. yeah yeah wow and I definitely think the the, uh, the proof's in the pudding after that you know it, it, it is such a, a great community space that where everyone you know, pushes each other without any sort of um, ego. ego. There yeah. is no ego left at the door. Um, so yeah, credit credit to credit to the business, and credit to you guys. So we venture into COVID, and the gym's going fantastic. You've been open about six months, yep. I would say. So when, when, when six weeks, six, six weeks, weeks. six yeah. weeks. That's right. So yeah, opened up the gym uh, February, uh, Feb third, uh, two thousand and twenty. Yeah. And but then, was we were meant to open in August uh, in 2019, and uh, we just kept on getting pushed back from that. So that already DA ultimately, stuff like that, yeah. yeah. So that ultimately started um, uh, a pretty hard kind of um, uh, push to into the business. I, I lost my job at another at my other coaching place uh, for reasons that they weren't impressed with me wanting to venture my career, um, and uh, that's all I say about that. No, fair enough, fair enough. Well, we'll leave it at that. So COVID hit. Six weeks into opening a new gym, <laughs> foundation memberships all sold. <laughs> now we're going to people start paying full fare for the ones that are on the FOMO bus, mate. And the doors close. Yeah, oh, boom, mate. doors close. So uh, we, uh, yeah, mate, we couldn't. We didn't think we would. It wouldn't wouldn't close down. We kind of heard that. Oh, gyms will be the last thing to close. Blah blah. blah. Sure enough, uh, Monday morning, uh, doors are going to be closed at twelve p.m. That day is what we heard. And BeFit Alexandria, I noticed uh, in a lot different to what other gyms did. You guys went, hold on, these guys are our members and they're going to be members for a long time. We need to look after them. Yep. 
So what did you do? So we decided to uh, rent all our equipment to our members. Um, we we already had the plans of having an online kind of uh, programming kind of content being delivered uh, the week later. Um, but at the same time, we thought, what better way to uh, you know service our members than have the rent uh, a rental kind of system from the equipment, um, and that would also help us survive at the same time as well. So we gave um, the members the option of uh, whatever they wanted, whatever they felt like they could contribute. Um, I know obviously a lot of members lost their jobs or had to be laid off as well. So whatever they wanted to contribute to um, their membership, they were allowed to uh, in obviously return for a piece of equipment, whether it be a kettlebell, a couple of dumbbells and a band, um, or we even rented off um, our ergs as well. So I remember walking into the uh, the gym one day, it was just a shell. Yeah. It was simply <laughs> a shell and you've gone, you've invested so much money into, into this space and you know the highest grades of equipment. And within six weeks, you've entrusted people who <laughs> you do not know by their membership number to, oh, yeah, we'll give you a lend. Yeah, no worries. Just bring it back when you're done and when this is all over. Yeah. You know, well, so I can imagine there's a fair bit of trust that you put into our into the members. Yeah, yeah. we had a uh, like a, a sign-in kind of thing, uh, a sheet that we uh, did as well. Uh, so that kind of helped. Um, but yeah, I think at what we developed in that six weeks was a lot of trust that we had of our yeah. um, community. So from my perspective, COVID really fucked my business up. So we two weeks before COVID, we signed one of the largest contracts we've ever done to do all the conferences around the world for AWS, Google, all this stuff. Then COVID, COVID hit us and we went, oh, shit. So we had to scramble. want to know what went through you guys. How did you guys – this is your first real serious business, right, with a business partner. How did you guys as partnership get through this together? And obviously, from your perspective, do you reckon you become a better business leader through this because of the experience of such a tough situation? Um, yeah, look, I think um, Nico and I, so my business partner, shout out to Nico Guerrero, um, we were quite laid back in um, – in our own kind of like lifestyle kind of thing. So we kind of took it as, look, as we'll get through this as long as we stay positive. And um, we, at the end of the day, we just have to service the members. Uh, I mean, what the, you know, they were having entrust in us in to continue the, the programming. And um, and so, yeah, we, we gave that in return. So how long are you guys closed for in total? So we were closed for about three months. We reopened uh, June and uh, yeah, so during that point in time, we were doing a lot of online stuff. So at the time, we had another, we had multiple BFITs running um, around uh, New South Wales and also Queensland, uh, Melbourne, and uh, Adelaide. And so we start, we ran some online stuff. We did some Zoom sessions, and we just had yeah, like a multiple different programs. We actually had quite a, a fair amount of different programs. We had a um, a B home session, which was um, obviously no equipment involved, and then we also had the um, the be strong and be lean kind of sessions that we normally run in the gym, um, but with with minimal equipment, being a kettlebell, a couple of dumbbells, and a barbell also. And I guess after those three months were over, and and the go ahead was given to to reopen, reopen the gym. Before we venture into those, you know, those uh, inside those walls that we a lot of people were so desperate for, what did you guys take out as the biggest lessons um, in in that three months closed? And 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 I guess almost advice for the industry what would you see as the important the most important things that you guys took out of this situation um 
having that support network from multiple other uh, franchises that we had at the time, so the the Double Bay, the the Paran, the Adelaide, the Neutral Bay at the time, um, we had that support network and we had those programs ready to go. So uh, definitely having that backup to obviously at the moment it's a bit um, up in the air sometimes about, you know, we seems like the gyms are the first thing to close whenever there's a COVID outbreak. Um, so definitely have that um, in the background to have as a, um, a backup basically was the biggest thing I took away there and just be prepared for it um, and stay positive that's the biggest thing I just stayed positive I knew that we were going to get through this um, if we just stay positive and I think even the members took away from the situation of, of, of having no gym where the members came back and they actually took it upon themselves to ensure that the gym was treated like a temple. Yeah. You know, the amount of cleaning that the members would do as soon as they they finished their session or mid-session, you could just see there was a genuine care for the facility that pre-COVID, a lot of gyms, you know, in, in all of our experiences didn't have. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm noticing that big time. I'm an ex-gym owner myself. I wish we had that protocol from day one involved in it, so... Yeah. Yeah, well it's actually kind of a wake up call. Like we should be um uh having having that as um as a backup anyway. Like um the cleanliness that we should have should have happened possibly before COVID. Um or maybe not to the degree that we're doing. Um it's a bit hard to upkeep there, but uh definitely for sure. I mean we always kept the gym clean um prior to COVID. We have cleaners come in, you know, multiple times a week. Um but definitely having those um those wipes ready to go and um and all that kind of stuff uh is yeah, definitely ideal. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I love being a member of BeFit. Uh, it's, it's obviously changed my life a lot since COVID, so I appreciate what you guys are doing, and I love the atmosphere and Thank attitude you. down there. So anything from you, Luke? No, that's – look, you know, we're really happy to have you on. As we said, um, BeFit seems to be a, a way that a lot of different um, gym styles are heading with that small group training with a, with a focus on both strength and conditioning. Um, you know, not exactly CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit more accessible to everyone yeah. uh, as CrossFit is such a, a technique-based um, exercise path when done properly. Um, I was actually, once again- That's not Stu whining, by the way. That's Cable. That's Cable. Yeah, that's our, that's <laughs> wow. our other guest. Thanks, guys. He's got a question for the panel. Um, so, I, I, another, I'm pinching off of Matt Fraser and, and Joe Rogan again. Matt Fraser, Joe Rogan actually asked Matt Fraser, like, why are you not- more injured at at 30 and Matt Fraser's answer was that he was his introduction into strength and fitness was actually um, proper Olympic weightlifting and um, simple powerlifting where his coach and he started at the age of 12 his coach wouldn't let him squat more than a broomstick for Years, so his and technique's just so perfect. his technique is absolutely perfect, and it's one of those things that, for a longevity point of view, you know, the emphasis on technique it can't be overemphasized. And you look at a lot of people that jump into CrossFit, you know, and we've had members come across from that style of training into the BeFit mold, and you see the bodies are pretty beaten up um, just because of that lack of emphasis on technique early on. So I think it's a really perfect medium to have. And, and, you know, it's something that we all obviously love doing and, and are keen to do it in the future. 
Yeah, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to say where my bad form for squatting comes from CrossFit. So I'll blame it on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah. That's what I think um, is why I think uh, we are starting to be. Uh, I wouldn't say us that we're being so successful, but that it is. It's a gap in the market that we're missing. We're not at that stage where it's CrossFit level kind of um, movements and all that kind of stuff, and we're not just your average gym goer. Yeah, we are creating what I what I call is like everyday athletes. Yeah, we don't want to piss on other other gym brands, Not but I think all. that you guys fit really, really well between the F45 and CrossFit model. Yeah. And it's a perfect model for anyone. I think uh, F45 is too cardio endurance based, where you guys are getting that strength and cardio and, and endurance in. So, yeah, yeah. you've done a well, good job, boys. I think we're just building, uh, like, uh, I guess, robust bodies that can take on anything um, that, uh, you know, you're your body is capable of doing yeah. you know if you want to mar- run a marathon you may not be the best at running a marathon but you're going to be to some degree better than what you were previous exactly and you, if you want to sink 20 beers at the bur- bracket you can, can do that done. as well so oh, let's go let's to the give next another segment. shout out to uh, bracket brewing for uh, supplying us with um some uh, good old suds uh post-workout <laughs> yeah unfortunately no suds in this podcast studio <laughs> but maybe next week <laughs> Funny you mentioned the uh, the robust body, body the robust bodies that, that that you're building at the gym. Um, I want to venture into the the chat around overtraining in comparison to training with injury. Now you know being well one person who has actually you know been injured quite significantly you know over several occasions. I guess how do you train around injury and how do you identify the difference between something is uh, sore or something is broken or something is simply exhausted? Um, look, overtraining, I think, to a lot of people, say the general population, is, is hard to come by, I think. Um, I think a lot of time is under-recovering is the word you're probably co- perhaps looking for, is you know that person, say, p- person A, just doesn't get enough sleep, um, doesn't eat well, doesn't um, you know take the proper precautionary kind of things like such as warming up and activating and, and all that kind of stuff prior to those heavy lifts and uh, and then therefore wonders why they're getting injured is oh maybe I have overtrained well maybe not maybe it is a matter of over recovering uh, not not being able to recover enough so so you keep, oh yeah I was just gonna say like we're talking also like overtraining I've seen people get um, poor results from overtraining because of the massive cortisols they're putting on their body. So yeah, look, there is a degree of um, what I did during my bodybuilding comp, which was um, I overtrained to a small amount of time that I was uh, therefore allowed to super compensate um, after um, uh, after have taken a few days off. So there was a few, uh, I guess, stupid kind of workouts at the time that I used to do. Was one of them was uh, the old uh, Charles Poliquin eight hour arm day. And that involved what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, one public holiday, um, had the whole day off. Uh, I was away from the missus at the time, so I was cheering. Um, so I went into the gym, and uh, every half hour was a, a superset of uh, buys and tries, um, with then like an, a bit of an extended lunch break uh, in between. But yeah, every half hour I'd set the timer, jump in, do a couple supersets, uh, and then as the day went on, those supersets um, increased, and then obviously the reps increased as well. And um, it was yeah, basically an eight-hour day of uh, solid arms in the attempt to uh, grow my uh, pipes. Come um, on, man, that would so, have done the reverse um, effect, right? Well, initially it did, yeah. So I measured them prior, and then I measured them uh, after the session. I actually lost size. Obviously, a lot of water um, was drawn out of there. And um, and then afterwards, I took about four or five days off and actually grew three quarters of an inch. You're kidding me. Yep. So like after the, the the after measurements, obviously the carbohydrates and yeah, the water have gone. Just the, so, the super conversation yeah, that's happening yeah, to my yeah. body. I adapted to that kind of stimulus and uh, ultimately grow. 
Group. Wow, yeah. Fun fact, you're not the only one to have done eight-hour arms. My brother, Nick, <laughs> yeah. also done eight-hour arms. Is with that his why they're so Nick. big? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, what was funny, though, was uh, I went to my clients uh, a few days later and I said I did this, and obviously a lot of them had a, a very stupid look on their face. But when I said oh, I was very excited, I said I grew three-quarters of an inch. And they, they said, went what to about t- your arms? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, actually said, classy oh. he's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually said, oh, was that it? <laughs> Is that what she said? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've, I've also done the super conversation uh, training camps as well. So uh, another one of those ones, I've done a seven-day kind of um, training set where you do three workouts in those seven days a day. So it was ended up being 21 workouts and, um, you know, different rep ranges and – all sorts of uh, um, different exercises, and uh, it was a big super compensatory kind of um, effect that happened on my body days after. It lost yeah. lost um, uh, body fat and increased muscle. Mate, we've done the, I've done the CrossFit challenge, a twelve hour challenge, a few times. We do one wide on the hour every hour for twelve hours. I'm telling you right now, your body is absolutely cooked oh, after that. And time. and what could be anywhere from. Nine minutes to twenty minutes. We weren't doing an hour long wads, but you're, you're getting you're flogging yourself because you're competing against everyone in the class, right? So, yeah, mate. Yeah, I, I don't know how you did an eight hour freaking arm yeah. challenge. Oh, it was it was a lot of movies in between. Did I you tell get you that shake much. weight out. The recovery. <laughs> yeah, the old shake weight. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but on you know on top of that, I my I looked after my nutrition quite well. I ate a lot of food that day. Uh, I think I went for burgers that night. Um, and uh, I you just need that when you're doing that much work. Like same with the beefy kind of stuff that we do these days. You know, I'm training a couple times a day. Um, some pretty strenuous activities and. At this stage, I could kind of, um, I should say that I, I eat a lot better than I do. Um, I do love the occasional donut uh, here and there. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely need to eat a lot more than I actually am. And I guess that takes us to our sort of next topic, uh, which is nutrition and, and supplementation um, in, in a more sort of, you know, that everyday robust uh, athlete model that we're looking at. Obviously, you know, Nutrition plays a role in, in, in different ways. You know, from a bodybuilding form, it is simply aesthetic. It is how can you look as big and lean as yep. possible. Also for performance, but, uh, performance in the gym, but yeah, you are right. And But you, as, as we get into that sort of hybrid mold where, you know, the everyday person, yeah, wants to look good, but also wants to be able to put up some decent numbers, be able to play footy or, or play, you know, swim or run or be sort of that overall uh, high level of, of fitness – what sort of, I guess, role do you see how nutrition plays? And, and I noticed, you know, in this style of training, you can be a little bit more flexible. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree with that kind of flexible kind of component. Um, I'm, I also, post post bodybuilding career, um, where prior to that, obviously, was super strict as I as you can be. I remember uh, one day at my girlfriend's birthday, um, we were out um, with family and friends and I went and sat in the car and ate my chicken breast and um, salad um, because that's what it took to, to be uh, stage ready at the time. And, you know, I would do anything um, possible to ensure that. Um, nowadays, I've taken on a bit more of a flexible approach that, you know, I know it's not just in calories in, calories out, but for me, it's all about balance. It's about enjoying my food, but also, uh, also working towards those goals that I do have. Um, so, you know, as much as everyone's sees me at the gym eating you know your donuts and your pastries and sinking beers on a thursday <laughs> friday a saturday possibly sunday and maybe <laughs> maybe rolling into mondays uh depending on how uh stew goes yeah yeah 
Well, you, when we do those sessions, we do do two day sessions. We do. So we do we make sure that, you know, yeah, that yeah, we do. Right? Uh, and and also, I'm doing two sessions because I enjoy it. I love it. I love what I do. I come into work every day uh, in a cheerful mood, and I'm just happy to be there. So for me, it's um, it's 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 balance. And if I want to eat a donut prior to a session so I can enjoy my day, then I'll eat a donut. Um, is it for everyone? Po- possibly not. But I also, what people don't see is the other meals that I have throughout the day as well. So I always make sure that I have some degree of protein in um, every meal uh, or almost every meal if I can. And um, I'm also ensuring that I do get enough carbohydrates to fuel those workouts and um, and I also look after my sleep as well. Do you, do you think that could be a problem with people when they're trying to lose weight, they're not having enough protein? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, recommendations kind of lie between like the 1.6 to say 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Um, and, you know, for guys, I think it's probably it's easy to kind of hit or easier, I should say. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you see, I guess some females are afraid of eating those those requirements. Some are even confused. Some people think 100 grams of chicken breast is 100 grams of protein. No, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. No, and it's and it's funny you mention um, girls that, especially when they're trying to lose weight after being on such a calorie restricted um, regime, the scary thing is of resetting the metabolism, and that's something that a lot of bodybuilders go through. I'm sure you went through that as well, where you actually need to up your calories to kick things off in order to allow your body to really take in everything and use it most efficiently yeah. before you actually start to, to drop the weight or to get leaner. So yeah, that's, exactly that's, right. that must be a very difficult thing to be able to communicate to a lot of clients. Yes, exactly right. Um, like I've ventured down that path with coaching with my clients um, to talk about nutrition. And, and I'm, look, I'm not a qualified nutritionist or dietitian, but I give guidelines. And uh, it, it is very hard to get through to a lot of people that are, number one, set in their ways, and number two, are afraid of... Of you know perhaps eating more, um, perhaps uh, having to or thinking that they are restricting themselves and actually you know in a calorie deficit when actually in fact they probably aren't. Um, so yeah, it is difficult. It is difficult to um, to kind of work with those clients. Yeah, well, it goes back to my point: not enough protein because yeah. lots of people that have been trying to lose weight they're probably having too much carbohydrates or not enough protein, right? Yeah, and then you put them on a, a, a proper diet, then now they're getting the right amount of protein in, which then cr- creates lean muscle growth, which creates a faster metabolism as well because you've got more muscle in your body. So that people don't understand that that scientific basis behind it. Yeah, like um, what's also going to help. Um, by you know, look, it's always it ends up being in the end of the day, it is calories, calories in, calories out to a point. Um, a calorie deficit is what's going to create weight loss um, or fat loss. Um, now, those ratios uh, of cal- say carbs, proteins, fats are dependent on person to person. But um, ultimately, if you're going to have uh, you know, let's say a more carbohydrate dense diet. Um, it's it's not really going to keep you fuller for longer uh, in some aspects. Obviously, of course, if you have like a big bag of potatoes, of course, it's going to keep you full for the day. You're going to retain water, right? Ah, oh, there's there's going to pull water in, which is you know in effect going to look um, uh, have looks on the body as well. Um, but protein, basically, in a calorie deficit, your protein, well, keeping your protein high is critical for uh, maintaining muscle. Okay, so that's what we want to remember is whilst you're in, like I say, a heavy calorie deficit, protein is, um, yeah, definitely going to help retain that muscle that you've so um, hard, hardly like you've built uh, whilst perhaps you've been in a, um, a surplus. Cool. No, very, very cool. And 
I guess to to wrap up the the nutrition and and supplement side of things, I know you you are paired with Vital Strength. Yep. And how do you see a supplements playing a role in in your diet? And then is that something that you recommend? Uh, I'm sure you'd um, be a, a real food kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. So I I do obviously go towards oh let's say back in my bodybuilding career I was uh, heavily towards a lot of the supplements and uh, and that kind of um, style of things. Um, but definitely am more of a whole foods kind of guy now. Um, I have my what I know what I like to call my treat of a, of a night time, which is um, I have, at the moment I've been having some uh, vanilla rice pudding. It's a dollar at Woolworths. That big can of vanilla rice pudding, put that in a microwave, uh, throw some protein powder on top, a couple of berries or a few, um, a handful of mixed berries, I should say, and uh, maybe some peanut butter on top. Um, and that would be the only kind of source of, say, uh, protein powder I would have throughout the day. Um, I also supplement with creatine, so I have uh, you know three to five grams of uh, t- creatine a morning every I don't, day. Every day, yep, yeah. I'll, I'm on my day off, say Sunday, I won't. Um, but yeah, definitely one of the, that's one of those ones where it's uh, it's most widely researched supplement. Um, it's cheap and it's effective. Yeah, it's 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 hugely beneficial, not just yeah. for all the you know helping your lean muscle growth yeah, exactly. and recovery. It's also yeah. a pretty good nootropic for your brain. So yeah. and it's performance based as well. Yeah, big time performance. Like I can, I, I find I can you know Increase get those repeated endurance. efforts. Yeah, yeah, those repeated efforts um, come easily. Um, there's also uh, you know f- depending on the week that we do have at BFit, you know if it's metabol- um, uh, metcom week or endurance week, you know uh, I will supplement a lot more with some beta alanine. As well, so one of the um, pre-workouts that I do take with Vital Strength are those pre-workout shots that I've given you in the past. Yeah, they're Stewie. so good. Yeah, yeah. So it's quick and easy. You don't need water. Just snap it, uh, snap it open in your mouth, and um, and take it in. That gives you a bit of caffeine, um, some arginine as well, and some beta-alanine. But I'll also supplement with a little bit more beta-alanine for um, the buffering of lactic acid that you know we so happily uh, induce uh, yeah, yeah. with some of the BFit workouts. And it's time for Story of the Week. Week, and week, 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 week. This week we are going to Germany where a 54-year-old man has been taken to hospital after being bitten in the face by a camel. The employee of Perleberg Zoo in northern Germany between Berlin and Hamburg, for those of you playing at home, was cleaning the camel enclosure and feeding the animals when one suddenly turned and bit him, police said. They described the injuries as serious and the man whose name was not released was being treated in a local hospital. The zoo is closed at the moment under German coronavirus lockdown restrictions. So my question to the panel is, what is your worst animal encounter or animal-inflicted injury? Stu? Uh, I'm going to pass on Scotty and think about it for a minute. Right, Scott? Oh, one that I can remember is I've always been a bit of an enthusiast with, into some urban animals. So I had... Um, <laughs> Would you describe Stu as an urban I, animal? Whoa. Yes, he has bit me yeah. in the past. Uh. <laughs> um, I had uh, hermit crabs as a, uh, as a kid. <laughs> And you uh, get a cream for that, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has it gone yet? <laughs> get to the old shave. <laughs> Sorry, we've lost him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a, a hermit crab uh, bite me once. It uh, then uh, somehow escaped from its enclosure and uh, was never seen since. 
Oh mate, I went that. They went to the farm like someone's dog, right? Stu, you got something yet? Man, I don't really have one, but my mum had a when she was driving when I was a bit young. She had a merchant for hitting the cats, so she she ran over about three of our cats. Oh. They did all survive, but they walked with a limp like fifty cents. So <laughs> <laughs> even one had a few teeth missing. Yeah, good old oh. Snootsy. God rest her soul. Yeah, R.I.P. Oh, and then the other cat was uh, Elsa was uh, having a, a drink from the pool. And uh, she uh, had a heart attack while she had a drink, and we found her on the bottom of the pool oh, the next day. Oh, Elsa. That's a common Elsa, uh, cat yeah. name. Is yeah, that your brother's? my brother's yeah. cat is also Elsa. Oh, the yeah. model cat, the yeah. one that he sends me. Keep yeah, her away from water. Uh, <laughs> takes, her, <laughs> takes her for walks on a lead. <laughs> yeah. I know, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send me another selfie, <laughs> please, but right, I loved it. I think they've invented a ski erg for cats at that house. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my story, um, I, got, I, I got stung by a, a but my first ever blue bottle sting, um, which happened to be on the old um, the yeah, meat Roger. and two veg, yeah, no good. Uh, it hurt like <laughs> hell. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, were so you I, skinny dipping at the time? No, no, I had, I had the togs on, but it just did nothing. When was yeah. this? It was probably about two years ago. And the worst part about copping it would have sold up. So that was a good that thing. Was, that, was, yeah. that, was during, <laughs> that was during one of your single hurrahs yeah. before you met, met Molly. It so went from an innie to an outie. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. And so for the next two weeks, the hardest thing was not was. scratching it. Oh. Like, it, it just, it was awful. So two weeks of hell. It um, was, yeah, it was bad. Because, like, you, you obviously wear, you wear underwear and all that sort of thing. And well, you anything just, really, oh, you was, couldn't really uh, pee in it then, could you? I couldn't do the fountain on it? No, it was. You didn't give water. It was just around the corner from all these, actually. So I could have <laughs> asked him to give me a hand. You should have given water a call. He would have come down to do it for you. <laughs> so, what first time? So, uh, yeah, look, guys, if you want to uh, tell us your cr- most crazy animal encounter, hit us up on socials at, at the Lion Theory. Uh, on Instagram and if we get something decent we'll read it out next week and this leads us to Stu's Hack of the Week yeah guys so we're going to go into gut health today uh, or stimulation of the vagus nerve aka the wandering nerve there's a big correlation between that and uh, your gut and brain health, and that's the nerve that connects it. So I just want to hear what the guys in the studio would do to obviously improve the gut health and well-being. So what do you guys do? Um, you know, are you sinking beers or eating a little? Mate, I'll have a booch. A booch? <laughs> well, anyone wants to go to the booch? We are starting a booch club um, and, or a gooch club, but that's that's a different time. So, uh, Luke, what, would you, what do you do, do obviously, specifically besides diet? Do you do anything extras to improve your gut health? I, I would say my my biggest um, gut health hack, oh, I do have issues um, yeah. going to the bathroom on what, a what consistent basis. Yeah. yeah, is that from yeah. the blue, from the chili uh, Every time he runs in uh, for the 9.30 uh, session, he's uh, always uh, spending 10 minutes That's in the bathroom. nervous. Oh, we're, we're nervous. Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> 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 no, it's, it's actually, to be truthful, it's because I've got a very specific routine that I need to run through in order for it to happen. So, I... It needs to involve some form of fasted exercise into a black coffee and then I'm a chance. The other thing that is amazing for me and I don't get to do it as often as I'd like is I drink a a South American tea called yerba mate. Can you say that again? Yerba mate. Wow, I couldn't even say that. Right, so it's... um, if to to the uh, to the uncultured, it actually looks a bit like a bong, but it's uh, <laughs> but the truth Smoking is billies. <laughs> yeah. But the truth is, the truth is, it's actually a type of green tea that is has been described as green tea on steroids, whereby the antioxidant levels are through the roof, um, and just because it's it's it goes in a in a I guess you'd call it like 
it's called a gird, but it's essentially like a cup. And then you that sounds frisky. Yeah, yeah you pour you pour the uh, the water into the tea. It's like an infusion, and then you drink it through a metal straw. And it, so and basically, you just sip away at it. And I find that's the, out of everything that is the absolute best thing for me because when I get through a thermos of that. I'm uh, I'm ready to go. And the yeah. other thing that I find is that my skin is the best that it is the next wow. morning after drinking it. You're so yerba mate, I'm a big fan. Scotty, how do you spell that? Uh, it's uh, Y E R B A and then space bar. Brinabrate mate, like mate, M A T E. Oh, awesome, Scotty Tan. Um, I guess my well, I wouldn't say hack, but for gut health, um, usually when I kind of you know go down the the trip of you know the donuts and um, the pastries and the desserts and all that kind of stuff, I find my my uh, fiber intake in the in the day suffers. So that just entails me uh, going back to the basics. Uh, perhaps you know a couple of days of some tracking of some food to see where I'm at, or actually having a closer look at where I'm at, and uh, making sure my fiber intake is uh, where it needs to be. Uh, that's that's appropriate for me. Anywhere between that thirty to kind of sixty grams of fiber per day is uh, is appropriate. Uh, look, it depends on person to person, um, but yeah, definitely um, looking closer to that. Uh, would be my kind of gut health thing. And also water. I find that if I don't take, have enough water throughout the day, um, that also suffers. So I'll make sure that I'm uh, my water intake is is high. Even in the, in the winter or the colder months where, you know, you maybe don't feel as thirsty, that's not to say you're not going to be dehydrated as well. Yeah, and you just really want to flush that body out, right? Yeah. So for me, I don't really do too much. I take a symbiotic by a company called Seed. That's got a pre and pro in there, and I take two tablets every day. And obviously other things like taking a kombucha, uh, reducing your intake of things that have a high dose of um, gluten in it. So gluten's not good for anyone. and You don't have to be a celiac just to be having reactions to it. And then reducing things like dairy as well during that time. So when we go out in the pierce and have a big few nights, you're really giving that stomach a real beating. So uh, for the next, with those hazy IPAs from oh, Racket. The, the blackout hazy IPAs. Ooh. I don't remember leaving that place after time. But um, so you know, if, if I if I go on a big weekend, I will significantly reduce any any poor foods that I take in for the next two or three days because one, I mean, my body's recovering and and two i've had a lot of gluten from all the beers and stuff like that so i reduce all those types of things and i get on this i always have the two symbiotics every day and then you get a bit of kombucha um got you know their cbd greens as well they're really good to detoxify and yeah just a high fiber diet so that's it's a pretty simple hack um it's pretty disciplined though because lots of people love all those you know those dirty foods that we go out there so gut health is is pretty important to everything that we do for performance so I recommend you, you know, trying to get a high organic, organic and, and grain-fed um, diet, especially with the meats, instead of getting you know those you know any cheap type of stuff. So the higher quality of the foods, the better. Symbiotic. It sounds a bit like um, you know some sort of uh, extraterrestrial. Um uh, I guess life form like venom. Oh, I thought you were going symbiotic. Oh. I, thought you were, I thought you were playing oh, that card mate, again. This guy always thinks that I'm giving him uh, hate and shit. Most of the time I am, but. Uh, not today. I don't think he needs any more. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm the one that starts it, boys. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, right. The one to finish it, though. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, look, while you're all bickering at each other, we're going to go into hey, the- shut up, mate. Oh, Seriously. Please. <laughs> please. I'll take you on our side, mate. Macaulay Street in the middle. Let's go. Des and Troy will sort you out, mate. Don't <laughs> worry. I've got a tattoo on Des on my arm, and she's with me at all times. <laughs> All right, better, we're going to go. Better get into that eight-hour eight, um, eight workout, eh? 
maybe get those maybe parts going. Yeah, you work on the dictionary while we're waiting. Eh? <laughs> 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 All right. So without further ado, we're going to go into our viewer, well, listener questions for the week. And Stu, the question master, I think uh, we've got a fair few this week. So major. Stu, we're going to pick out a, a couple and announce the winner of the prize on next week's show. Since we've got plenty of time, I'm going to do six this week because there's a lot of good ones. And there's some here that I'm going to make some people uncomfortable because I won't be able to answer, but Scotty will be able to answer most of these ones. So here's the first question, and I like this one. Would you date someone who's got an OnlyFans account? Yes. (laughs) I don't think Luke's paying attention. Would you date someone that has an OnlyFans account? Me? Yeah, if you were single. Because I would know straight away that I get that OnlyFans account for free. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Difficult one to answer. On the surface, I'd say no. I'd say no. Um, Just because... But when you take your pants off, different story. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think for my professional life, I don't think it would be a good decision. Yeah, me, I personally wouldn't do it. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't want the person I'm with having that, you know, I, I'm not saying disrespect for themselves. I, it's not about disrespect. I'm just saying I'd, I'd, I'd like to hold myself in a better class than that, personally. I'm not discouraging people that want to make money from it. It's just not something that I want to be in, in, in what I'm doing in my life. So I would say no, and here we go. Hopefully I didn't upset anyone there. Okay, guys, here's here's one from one of the guys here. What what is a simp and provide an example of it? So what is a simp and provide an example of it? Oh, it's easy. So a simp is someone who goes well above the call of duty in order to impress a um, a in which case a female. An example of a simp is Stu Adams. <laughs> who is a simp. <laughs> that, that is totally not true, but not, I'll go through why it's not in a minute. Right. Scott, what do you think? What do you um, interpret as a simp? Well, that was actually my question, funny enough. And uh, I uh, was just wanting to see your boys' examples of what a simp was. And uh, I agree with Luke there. Um, number one, I agree with the term. And number two, I agree with uh, the example. <laughs> <laughs> So let's 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 get this off. Let's get let's get this on the air right now. So the simp, I've self-nominated myself as a simp, right? Even changed his, his uh, even, Instagram. Even changed my handle, but I got pretty scared. Someone might change, take, <laughs> take my real handle as a joke, just like Sir Wagner did in the tipping comp. So the the term simp that we came from. I asked Romy one day when I was walking with the wolf, "Do you want a coffee?" And she goes, "Yeah, get me a coffee, you simp." And she did the symbol, and I went, "Oh, what does that mean?" And she goes, "Look it up." And I thought it was hilarious, so that's where it came from. It didn't come from the particular person that everyone thinks it did, and I'm going to own that. So a, a perfect example of Sim is a guy overdoing things and not getting anything returned. Uh, so let's go to the next question. Do you have an example? Oh, going to the next question so fast? You, well, what example do you want to do? These are putting the line under pressure at the oh, moment. No, uh, just... I remember the Halloween party that we had at uh, Beefy Alexandra. Uh, you were dressed um, um, appropriately as a, as a lion. <laughs> and, um, and he became, was getting, a, he became a mere putty cat. Yes, he did indeed. I remember he was uh, led around the gym. Yeah, well, let's go to the next question. I don't yeah. think it's appropriate right now. <laughs> All right, and, uh, Much love mate. to the person who dragged me around. Well, what is Luke's best life advice and vice versa to Stu? So what's your best life, your life advice from all you guys? What, what would you give? We've already done stuff like this before. Yeah, we have. We, we have. can edit this out. But if, if Luke's it, full of it. 
If, oh, in what Life sense? advice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be nice then. <laughs> nah, thank you, very kind. Um, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> no, I'd say for... Is this directed at you, Stu? No, well, what, what, yeah, so you got to give me some life advice and, and you know, okay. obviously you know me more than most people do. We have like some deep and meaningful, so yes. like, let's not just go to the I, erratic I would behavior. Say, that all right, you, well, like, let's be, let's be real. Uh, we'll be real here. If I was to give you one bit of advice, Stu, take, take one more second to read the room. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be doing the same for you. <laughs> uh, but that's not, like, that's, that's being, that's being um, honest. I think just keep the gun in the holster for a little bit longer. I'm pulling it out whenever I feel like yeah, it. Yeah, and that's why you don't listen to my advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stu, yours. Ah, well, I'd, I'd say for, for me to you, you you know, obviously people do look up to you and, and, and you know, you're seen as a senior figure of the gym. I'd say um, lift your body language at some time. Sometimes you can bring your body language in and, and that affects more than people. Bring back happy Luke. Yeah, the, ha- the happy Luke's good. So when you're talking about read the room, when, when you're coming in that, your your self-awareness has obviously dropped and you're in the cloud. The, I call it the Luke AWS server. <laughs> um, and, you know, for me, I'd be saying like, you know, that, that for you as a person... You you know, of a senior member of the place and someone that respect everyone respects. Um, you need to try and even even if you don't feel it, just try and lift it. No, very good. No, I I, I agree with that. Very good. Thank you. And 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 Scotty, both of us. You know, um, I would say treat everyone uh, as how you would want to be treated. So whenever you know ordering food, uh, the staff that you know the hospitality staff, I'm always making sure that I'm always say thank you and. Um, uh, making sure that I have that respect and in return I would then end up getting that respect as well and that comes in the gym as well I think I treat everyone that comes through that doors like they're my number one customer yeah. um, I don't favour anyone else um, I yeah I'm you're probably harder on people that you're closer yeah, to. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I do give, oh, look, I am known to give uh, shit to a lot of people in the gym. Tough um, love. Tough, tough love. love, I would say, yeah. But it does come from the heart because uh, I, I am so passionate about what I do. Uh, I just want what's best for everyone. And, and you know, some people, it does come off as that I am having a go at them and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I might be having a go at them, uh, depending on who it is. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it comes down to my passion in um, just wanting, wanting the best out of, out of everyone. And if I have to give him a bit of tough love to see that then so be it cool and then this is this is a quite a controversial one and we could all get in a lot of trouble but I, I, i'm gonna ask it anyway what are your thoughts on the whole megan versus the royal saga oh I'll whoa go. i'll go 100 i'm ready so if you turn up to work you get paid if you leave your work you don't get paid so one element of the Megan and Harry argument has been, well, they've detached from the royal family, which was their work. Therefore, their uh, royal allowance has been removed. But that removal of the allowance has been as a result of them vacating their line of work. So I don't quite understand the argument of we should still have a, an allowance for security and for, for living and all that sort of thing. When you've stepped away from your job, I mean, if I quit my job, people stop paying. So that's one thing. The second thing, I find it hard to believe that someone who is to marry into the royal family doesn't know what they're getting into. Yeah. I think, 
that is just a non-argument for me. If you cannot, one, do your research when you're in the inner circle, two, try before you buy by when you get to meet the in-laws, understand that they are the monarch and they are the upstanding family of um, the United Kingdom and its, you know, and, and, and its subsidiaries. Second, you can go to Google and look it up yourself. Don't act and play dumb when you get thrown into it and go, no, this is all too hard. So that's my opinion. Yeah, I like your opinion, and I'm going to back that up in a second. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not entirely kind of uh, around that whole kind of drama, so I'm going to pass on that question. <laughs> I, I'm a simpleton at art. I just <laughs> don't really kind of well, well, uh, delve you know, too much I, into that. I'm not really. Stuff. I don't really care to, to be honest too much. But you, I have read some articles this week, which like very contradictive. Like she said, she had no idea who the royals were, but then they go back to 2014, and she had a blog on the royal family. So that makes it very hard to believe. I've also noticed that she's had trauma in her family life, and and she's causing trauma in 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 uh, in Harry's life. So for me, it's like um, if I'm in a relationship and there's family drama, I don't air that dirty laundry. Let them deal with it. And she's obviously gone on the attack against his family, which I find very disrespectful. Um, even if they have done some things, it's better left for him to fight those battles. So. Yeah, that's my opinion on the matter. I think that she's she's obviously taken control of the situation. Um, I say bring her back on Suits. I agree. Rachel from Suits, so much better than yeah. Meghan Markle. Yeah, now that she's Rachel out, now that suits. she's out of the royal family, bring her back on Suits. A bit yeah, of cameo yeah. appearance. Oh, Love what, that. What a treat! What a treat! Oh, he's a great one for Luke. So when's Luke proposing? Ooh. And who too? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, God bless Molly. your soul, Molly. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, when, when the time's right, the time's right. That's all I'll say. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, well, this, this one is the last question of the day. For the single guys, um, if, if you are single, do you wish you had a partner? And if you have a partner, do you wish you were single? So it's quite easy to answer for me and Scotty, so let's go. Oh, um, at this point in my life, um, I find that I, you know, I have a, a, a gym to look after and uh, further after that or towards uh, my kind of main goal is we, there's a, a few more business opportunities um, that have come up. So for me to, um, you know, have a relationship at that point in time uh, is somewhat, I would say, difficult. Um, whereas my priorities lie in, in my business, um, the gym's always going to be number one, uh, at the moment. So for me to be, uh, where I am now at this stage of my life, um, or I shouldn't say my life, but right now, um, I'm quite content on what doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, as I said, cause I don't, at the same time, I don't want to be, um, disrespectful to anyone, um, by you know making promises that I can't quite keep, perhaps uh, because my priorities lie in my gym and my and my business, um, which is just coming off the floor. So I need to be there and I need to be wholeheartedly invested into that more so than anything else. I think it's uh, people don't realise because when people go to a gym, they generally go for an hour a day. Um, they don't realise the actual time that you need to give to that place. I mean, you're. BFL Alexandria's first class is at 5.15 in the morning, meaning that you really need to turn up 4.45 to make sure that all, every, all the equipment's set up, um, everything's in at the right spot, um, you know, the iPads are loaded, yep. every little thing, and then, you know, you complete your morning sessions and, and that 10.30 sort of space. Then you have to go into your PT, you know, where you've got your single clients, you've just started lunchtime sessions, you may cop PTs in the afternoon, and then you've got your evening sessions, so you're really only leaving the gym, you know, 
seven o'clock most nights. So, but people don't see that yeah. because people are at a gym oh, for an hour. Yeah, definitely right. So yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, I'm there um, pretty much every morning, uh, whether it be from a uh, coaching standpoint or from an overseeing standpoint. Uh, I'm going to be there. Uh, it's my place, and I love what I do. So it's never really work for me. Um, so I am there, but then I'm also there of an afternoon as well. So I do teach those afternoon classes, uh, PT uh, coaching during that. Um and I, yeah, I don't leave to the to the late hours of the evening and also on top of that I have a dog and you do have a dog yes right, and so cable cable has been very well behaved this podcast um yeah. the the final thing that I will make before we go to Stu's answer is that Scott you also we we see it a lot at beef you you really need to to set the example of one body language and two attitude in there because you know everyone comes into the gym to you know, for whatever reason, whether it be to relieve stress or to kind of have a bit of a vent. And so you kind of need to be that sounding board. And and the other trainers, uh, Rachel and Romy as well. So and it's Caitlin inc- and Lincoln. And Caitlin and Lincoln as well. So in, in that team, you guys really go through an emotional roller coaster every day. 100%. Um, and so I can imagine by the end of the day, you'd be pretty bloody well, taxed, but, both physically and mentally. Yeah, you are right. But in that sense, uh, and this stemmed from my coaching or my, my, my PT kind of um, business was my client first thing in the morning, um, I that's how I should be with my last client of the evening. Um, they're both paying me the same dollars. Uh, I'm not going to give... Um, uh, anyone any difference I'm not going to come into that last session of evening whether it be 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night and go oh let's just chill today I've had a really bad day um, whereas they're seeing me for the first time of the day so um, and that goes the same with coaching in the in the classes that you know my 15 5, 5.15 a.m. class I'm buzzing I love the 5.15 a.m. in the crew, morning but also at the same time I love the 6.15 p.m. crew um, I give both the same amount of time um, they're all, you know, 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and Stu, what do you reckon? Um, it's, I, I think they both have pros and cons really. So I think that in the past I probably rushed into relationships. Um, and at the moment I've, I'm actually enjoying being selfish for once because normally I'm, I'm a giving type person in general. Um, very generous. So at the moment I'm, I'm looking after myself and being generous towards myself and having a good time at the moment. Um, some may say excessive, but you know, I went through a lot of trauma and turmoil in my last couple of relationships. So I'm just looking after number one at the moment. So at the moment, yes, I think it's great, but I also do want to have a relationship in the next few years. So yeah, that's my thing. And the last question is, what would you tell yourself uh, five years ago? Uh, That's not that long ago, but what would you? Uh, I think it's still a lot's happened in five years. Um, I'll go first. What would I tell myself five years ago? Back yourself. You saw the opportunity, you didn't take it. Next time, back yourself. And you're doing that now? In a different way, yes. Cool. Um, I would have said uh, something along the same lines, Luke, um, to definitely pursue what I uh, really want in life. And um, I think at that point in time, five years ago, I probably had the opportunity to, um, but I didn't have confidence in myself. Um, in terms of my business and where it was going. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I probably could have uh, backed myself back then. Um, whether or not I'd be in the position I am now, uh, who knows? Um, I definitely would have had, wouldn't have had COVID back then, so that mm. would have been a good thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am still stay positive that I've done it now anyway um, and pursuing what I really want. Stu? <clears throat> yeah, this is a great question. Um I pretty much was backing the hell out of myself back then, probably pull the foot off the accelerator a bit and, and sit for a bit of time before making any decisions. So about five years ago, 
was when I was exiting my, my fitness business and I was moving to San Francisco. It was a pretty traumatic time. Mum also passed and, and, I, and I broke up with a pretty serious relationship. So um, I would have would have not taken that trip to the US at the time. I wasn't mentally prepared or ready. So I would have uh, stayed back in Australia and, and, and sorted that out. So that's the only advice that I could have given myself. Just you know, take some time for yourself um, instead of just consistently moving and, and grieve. I never had that opportunity to grieve for my mum and... And so at some points I wake up and, and stress about it and, and you miss the hell out of that person. And yeah, I would have given myself time to breathe and grieve. No, very, very um, deep thoughts, Stu, but well, we appreciate that, mate. And um, look, we're all we're all in it together, mate. So wherever we are in the present, that's we're all here to support each other and, and, and we move on together. So guys, on that note, it has been an absolute pleasure to have Scott Kenny on the show today. Uh, Scotty. Uh, what is your Instagram handle, mate? Uh, it is uh, Scotty double underscore Kennedy. Right, Scotty Kennedy, and he'll be uh, featured on our Instagram as well. Scott, we wish you all the best for the uh, the BeFit model moving forward. Some really exciting uh, developments coming in the gym soon, so we look forward yeah. to being a part of it and, and into the future. Stu, always a pleasure. Yeah, mate. Just uh, also vital strength, Scotty10 or Scott10 is the discount code. Scott10 is the discount code. So drop the nickname. Even though he's not taking many subs these days, they still are good for you. So get on them. They they do a mean uh, protein. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you, guys. And like we said, send your questions through for next week. We will also announce the winner of this week's questions. Are we going to announce it now? Or do you want to announce it now? I'm not sure. Do you remember which one was your favorite? Well, my question, I'd love to win those uh, AirPods. So uh, my question was the same. <laughs> well, you've, you've got Luke here. So it's a, that has my vote. And if, well, you've given yourself a vote. So Luke is the only way. If Luke votes for that, obviously I'm not going to. No, so. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. Um, I would say I like that um, five years ago. That yeah. Because yeah. that that, it's, not it's not so far away. You know, you you obviously get questions into the future, or like, what would you tell yourself when you were born, or what you tell yourself when you, you know, after you've died, sort of thing. But that's a real in between. So I really like that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go with the Megan one. I think it's very topical right now. So I think we can put this on the Instagram and get a poll going. What we do you reckon? Get a poll yeah. going. That's a great idea. So we'll run mm. a poll this week. Uh, we'll announce it on Instagram. Yeah. So make sure you uh, you tune in, get your vote in, and until next week, this has been the Lion Theory. Have a lovely rest of the week and great weekend. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.